Welcome to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. Please open your hearts to hear an anointed message that will encourage and empower you to walk in the love and light of God's Word. Beloved, we are in our podcast series entitled, The Blood Covenant. And in our last message, I began to share a commentary with you written for the covenant kingdom that gives profound type and symbol to the heavenly covenant that was ratified in sacred pledge by the Godhead on mankind's behalf. But we ran out of time, so today I will pick up where we left off, and then we'll move on to how, by way of the blood covenant, Jesus, our awesome Savior, has become our representative. But for now, please allow me to continue the commentary we began last time by picking up with a blood covenant ritual. The last few acts that took place in the cutting of the covenant included the exchange of blood. While still standing in the blood face to face, a knife was used to make an incision either in the palms or the wrist of each participant. This was done to allow the blood to flow freely. The Bible teaches us that the life is in the blood. The two participants then either shook hands or put their bleeding wrists together so that the blood would intermingle. This act symbolized that the two bloods, or two lives, had been joined into one blood and one life. In some cultures, the blood from both participants is drizzled into a cup of wine and stirred together, and then the two participants drink from the common cup so that each one's blood enters into the other. This mingling of blood creating this new union of oneness is why it is called a blood covenant. It is the strongest bond of relationship known to humanity. It holds within it a mirror image of God's perfect plan to ransom sin-riddled mankind back to himself in blood covenant reconciliation oneness. When a man or woman repents of their sins and turns fully to the Lord with complete trust in his blood atonement sacrifice that he offered up on their behalf, the miracle of new birth regeneration ignites within their spirit, and they become born again from above. At that sacred moment, they are now one with the Savior and the Father and sealed by the Holy Spirit in blood covenant promise. And as the covenant ritual continued, while still standing face to face with the blood dripping from the wounds, a dark substance such as charcoal was rubbed into the wound on each man's arm so that when the wound was healed, a dark scar would be clearly visible to everyone who saw it. By doing this, everywhere the blood covenant partners went, they would clearly be identified as being in relationship with their covenant partner. Our precious Savior and Lord will forever bear the scars that stand as striking witness to the priceless and sinless blood he shed for us and the suffering he endured to ransom us back to the Father and heaven's home. In John twenty twenty seven, we read the account of Jesus challenging Thomas in his unbelief. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here with your finger and see my hands and reach here your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. 
the covenant meal came next. From one loaf of bread, each took a piece and put it into the covenant partner's mouth. This symbolized that a part of each went into the other. They then drank from a common cup, indicating that their blood was now also mingled together forever. Since the life is in the blood, this act demonstrated that they had taken each other's life into the others. At the end of the blood covenant ceremony, the two covenant heads or primary participants were now called friends and a new relationship had been formed, which was now a sacred covenant union. This union was now governed by an attitude toward each other called loving kindness. The Hebrew word used to express this relationship is hesed, and the Greek word is agape. Its meaning portrays a love relationship that says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I will always do what is best for you, even if it involves my own sacrifice. We are now in union with one another, and we are forever bound by blood. Jesus now calls us his friend. The word friend, when used in our relationship with our Lord, has been greatly watered down and made to be common. In the time Jesus walked the earth, and when the early church existed, the word friend referred to a blood covenant partner not just someone you pelt around with. It had deep and binding significance. When you see the actual steps involved in making a blood covenant, an eye-opening revelation is presented, which underscores just how powerful the blood covenant Jesus fulfilled for us is, and what it took for him to provide the way for us to enter into an everlasting relationship with Elohim through this glorious blood covenant union. The blood of Jesus not only holds love's cleansing power, but it also has a voice that speaks vindication on behalf of the ones who have been purchased by its immeasurable price. In Genesis chapter 4, it is recorded that the Lord God told Cain that the blood of his brother Abel had cried out to him from the ground. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 22 to 24, we read, but you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to myriads of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, who are enrolled in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Each time the enemy rails out accusations against us, especially when we fail and miss the mark, the blood of Jesus Christ, forever forgiven, forever sanctified, forever redeemed, and forever justified. Through the gift of repentance, we are brought into a change of mind, which is literally what repentance means, which then produces a change of direction. As we come back to the full understanding of what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us and who we now are in him, we are strengthened to walk out our humanity in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord. Our flesh man must be disciplined daily because it wars against the spirit. And while we can now never lose our salvation because it has been sealed by the Holy Spirit in blood covenant pledge, 
we can bring consequences upon ourselves that the Lord would never intend for us. And even more importantly, we can bring shame to his name. In the God Questions commentary, they give important insight to why it was necessary for Jesus to shed his blood for the remission of our sins and why we should never forget just how much it cost him to keep us from the death our sins deserved. They write, The whole of the Old Testament, every book, points toward the great sacrifice that was yet to come. The sacred price Jesus would pay by shedding his own blood on our behalf. Leviticus 17.11 is the Old Testament central statement about the significance of blood in the sacrificial system. God, speaking to Moses, declares, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement for yourselves on the altar. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. A sacrifice is defined as the offering up of something precious for a cause or a reason. Making atonement is satisfying someone or something for an offense committed. All of the many, many blood sacrifices seen throughout the Old Testament were foreshadowing the true, once-for-all-time sacrifice to come, so that the Israelites would never forget that without the blood there is no forgiveness. This shedding of blood is a substitutionary act. Therefore, the last clause of Leviticus 17.11 could be read as, The blood makes atonement at the cost of a life, or in place of a life. Hebrews 9.11-18 confirms the symbolism of blood as life and applies Leviticus 17.11 to the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 12 states clearly, that the Old Testament blood sacrifices were temporary and only atone for sin practically and partially for a short time. Hence the need to repeat the sacrifices yearly. But when Christ entered the most holy place, he did so to offer his own blood once for all time, making future sacrifices unnecessary. This is what Jesus meant by his dying words on the cross. It is finished. Never again would the blood of bulls and goats cleanse men temporarily from their sin. For Jesus Christ, the perfect and sinless Lamb of God, shed his own blood in forever payment for sin's death. And then by way of his glorious resurrection power, he has guaranteed eternal life to all who would believe in him for salvation security. How blessed is the man or woman who has been ransomed and forever cleansed from their sins by the blood of the Messiah, Lord Jesus the Christ. And this is where we must pause for now, beloved. In our next podcast, we will address Lord Jesus as our forever representative. Until then, and as always, I bid you his agape. You've been listening to Love's Last Call with Evangelist Carol Ann of Agape Light Ministries. If you'd like to receive a CD copy of this message or you have a prayer request, please contact us at Agape Light Ministries, P.O. Box 6313, Chesterfield, Missouri, 63006, or via our website at www.agapelightministries.com. Again, that's 
www.agapelightministries.com.